it's time for a bonus, a bonus episode. I love episodes of theater, 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 theater. We're going off the beaten path. Off the beaten path. We're off. <laughs> so I've had hi friends. My, uh, hi friends. <laughs> I've had stuck in my head for a couple days, and I can't identify the source of it, but it's okay. from Starlight Express, and it's the picture me a woman, common yeah, okay. control. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't even know sure. the name of the song. I don't even know the character. Yeah, I've seen either. Starlight Express once, and I don't know what the the source of of that, where how it possibly got into my mind. Unless I, you know, I'm picturing myself a woman, which, you know, right on. Let me think about it. But, yeah, that's where, what's going on with me. Y'all ever been to Funtcuck? Funtcuck. What's that? (laughs) It's a a town, evidently. Where is it located? I don't know. I saw a picture of it on Instagram. It was like, welcome to the town of Funtcuck. Well, I need you to do some more research before you try to create a bit. Yeah, you're trying to create a Funtcuck bit. You need to let us know exactly what's going on. Oh, Funtcuck town. Austrian village. So it's it's like Funtcuck. Funtcuck. I like Funtcuck better. Funtcuck is better. Yeah, it is better. We like the word cuck on this podcast, don't we? You should establish Welcome a Welcome to the cuck podcast. Yeah. You cuck- pod cucks. Pod cucks. I wonder if anyone in Funk Cuck listens. <laughs> hey. Hi, listener. What are our numbers in Austria? Here, yeah. Actually, our Austria numbers are okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it on there before. We have some Austria numbers. We've there might be a Funk Cuck listener. <laughs> Funtskuk, sorry. Funtskuk. I don't want to be offensive. It is no. Funtskuk. Uh... I, I'm, I'm looking this up. Banter. I don't know. Talk about the queen Banter. dying. Okay. No, let's talk. Jean-Luc Godard passed today. Yeah, we should give true. homage. Like, and now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go watch me some. I haven't watched some in a while. But, like, he broke ground, like, in a really cool way. Like, the idea of yeah. the, you could just take a camera and uh, a, a two-crew team and go out and shoot a, ma- a movie is, um, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, it's loading the all time numbers here, but this week we have had at least it's sort of when it's a really low number, it kind of does this like 10 plus thing. So we have like 10 plus listens in Austria. All right. All right. kind of cool. One could be Funtcuck. Any one of those. Could <laughs> I'm going to do fun-cuck. some more research when we're not in the middle of recording. I'm going yeah. to I'm gonna make it a note on my to do list. Okay. Cook. Exciting. Well, in the meantime, while this loads, y'all, welcome to Theater yeah. Theater, the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater makers from the L.A. theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. I'm C.J. Merriman. And I'm Scott Leggett. And as always, to cleanse our palate between playwrights, we offer you another bonus episode of bonus Theater Theater. Episode. And stuff! Where Ooh. we pick theater-adjacent things mm-hmm. and we nerd out over them we're getting real adjacent this week but i like it it's great i like it it's pretty, uh we're good we're getting great. perpendicular actually at this point we're, <laughs> but no it's good uh but this week is a cj's pick cj what did you choose and why did you choose it i picked the sam cook album sam cook's one night stand at the harlem square club 
unlike I like I know you two talk music all the time and and like great albums that you love and I don't have a whole lot of those but like when when any one of these songs from this album plays I have to start at the beginning of the album and listen to it all the way, all the through. way through and I don't Word. know that I have any other albums in my life that are like that when did you discover that when did you discover this album I don't I don't even remember the exact moment because like Sam Cooke didn't come to me until I was I, the first song of his I really listened to was Good Times. And mm -hmm. it's because someone put it in one of their serial killers, the late night show Saturday night mm. uh, when we used to be at Old Fools on mm. Heliotrope. And then um, and then I got to know his version of If I Had a Hammer when I was in I'm Going to sure, Kill the President. Sure, yeah. And then I, I was in when I really first started listening to him, I was in a big relationship a couple years ago and he listened to Sam Cooke all the time. And then I started listening to Sam Cooke all the time. Nice. And then somehow I Very stumbled cool. into this album and I just, I love it. No, that's, it's rad. And, um, and I'm glad that you picked it, Siege. I, you, you, we've listened to it and talked about it many times over the years. And it, it is a groovy amazing performance and it's a live performance that's captured really well and it has a really cool story and sam cook's story is compelling so um, i i was down for it and i've listened to it like nine times over the past Yay. four years yeah yeah super fun we often talk on this podcast but just in general us together uh, as a trio we often talk about theater as ceremony theater as uh as other form you know other things as theater church, church oh, yeah, yeah uh, pol politics like all of this is forms of theater and like a live performance no matter what every concert is theater it's theatrical that's the whole point of all of this and so you know to have a, a live recording um albeit only sound only audio uh of this it's still with hearing the audience and hearing the call and response it still felt like listening to a, a musical or a theatrical piece or you know even like one of the like aretha franklin at the church doing only gospel like that kind of stuff that you mm -hmm. that i like grew up listening to right yeah. and so this was super fun to visit um i realized i knew some of this from just my childhood and stuff that yeah. had like been oh, played yeah. in my house and, and, and also just being in a jazz band growing up, you know, I did jazz band my whole middle school through high school career. So sure. I've heard a lot of these kind of things that get put on, especially, um, and we'll get into this, but I, a lot of the, the personnel on this album, uh, are people that I'm like huge fans of specifically oh, yeah. King Curtis and yeah, other people. we'll get yeah, into it. We'll get into but it. I was looking at it being like, Oh shit oh shit you know like mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll we'll talk about it um but this was fun thanks for the for choosing yeah, yeah. there's also something and another thing with me i most of the live music and this actually this was set up to be recorded it was supposed to be a recorded live performance it wasn't like sure right just, of course um but i of course um, it wasn't released for another 22 years yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um but the couple of live, like some of the live musical performances that I remember the most are the performers that go out there and they leave it all out on the stage. And he is one of those people that just, he sang his guts out and he performed his ass off. Um, yeah. And it reminds me of, uh, there was one night I, I just saw, they had a five minute set before the main band who I don't even remember. Christine and the Queens, have y'all ever heard of her? Sure. 
she's yeah, of course. she's this amazing singer but she's also a dancer and her live shows aren't just her running around on stage it's all choreographed she has backup dancers like it is a full performance it's right. not just singing yeah. anyway yes no no it, no it, and just you know what's so amazing about this performance too is how clearly tight it is like we'll talk mm. about the musicians but like it is tight and then within that tightness that he finds those moments to to go loose and to go out and to do the call and response and to riff a little bit and like and it clips along like there's never like the breaks are like very distinct and very clear and very purposeful. You can tell that you know it's it's built to give him a breath and give the band a breath when when it happens. And but it's it's tight. I mean, it's an amazing set and uh, you know an electrifying performance. And yeah, I've got uh, I got, I got a Scottpedia and stuff. <gasps> yes, prepared. let's do all that. I want to say a couple of things before we move on. Yeah, yeah, we can cut this if needed, but I'm gonna say it. one. Austria's 0.5% of our listenership. 0.5%? All right. Hi, Austria. Yes. 0.5% of our all-time listenership. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so, hi, Austria. Um, Edelweiss. I don't know. Edelweiss. Um, <laughs> now, that's kind of offensive because, remember, people, like, thought it was the national anthem it's for a totally while. It's totally not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, hilarious. Uh, another thing is, I, I feel like this is a good episode. Since it's a bonus episode, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Say it. Earlier, CJ, you said a couple things that I think 99% of our listenership would have no idea what you meant. You said... Uh, you killers. said serial killers at old fools on heliotrope. Oh, I just I... want to clarify what that means to everybody. Because most people probably have no idea. It just it could sound like gobbledygook, I, I, and I, I'm just letting people know. Uh, it sounds a little bit like gibberish. The, so serial killers is a is a is the reason why I know Scott and CJ. Actually, it is a, a sketch comedy show that that the the theater company Sacred Fools has been putting up for years and years, and they used to have an old location on the street. Heliotrope. <laughs> so they tend to call it Old Fools uh, as a reminiscent sort of title of the old space. Mm -hmm. uh, now, we can move on. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. I, well, I was going to explain serial killers. I was like, no, we've talked about that a million times, right? Yeah, serial killers, the late don't... night show. <laughs> people don't listen that deep to this podcast. Why not, you think. guys? Why aren't you listening more closely? Maybe Chris. Maybe Chris. <laughs> um, not Tom though. Fuck Tom. Fuck Tom. And Scott. Fuck. So Scott Sampson. Tom. Fuck Scott Sampson. <laughs> Only real ones will get that joke. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's move on. So this this was so fun. This was so fun to listen to. I listened to it about four times in the past mm -hmm. two weeks, just because I was like, oh, I should like get to like know it pretty well. Um, but I want to know more about the album about the person a little bit no, let's not get too deep into sam cook but let's get into whatever you got scott because i want to hear it gotcha what's the thing we do it's called scottpedia scottpedia In insert <laughs> my, your, <laughs> scottpedia into my mouth 
Whoa! I don't know where I was going with that, and then I tried to take a what left turn. What would you want to do in hell, Bailey? What would you want to do in hell? If I was offered what what I what to do in hell, I honestly, if they were like, you had to, you have to get like choose between these three things. If one of the choices was to give blowjobs, that would be my first choice. <laughs> That's, that's all. Right. That's all I'm that's saying. All, no, right. it's fair. It's We're fair. referencing things from off mic and bringing them on mic and not explaining them. Serial and it's okay. Killers is the late night show we used to do on Saturdays <laughs> at Sacred Bulls. And <laughs> Fuck Cunt or whatever the fuck that place is called. Funt Cuck. That one. Funt Cuck. Fuck Cunt. Okay. Oh, we off the rails. Right. Sam Cook would be proud. No, but Sam Cook was a party animal, and we love it. Scott, tell us about him. Absolutely. Sam Cook was born January twenty second, nineteen thirty one. Uh, mm-hmm. He's professionally known Good as year Sam for Cook. He was born as not. Samuel it's Cook. a bad year for wine. Thirty <laughs> one. Yeah, it's a bad year. Bad year for, for wine for Spanish wines, but for German and French wines, it's quite good. No, all the grapes were bad. That <laughs> I'm year. talking out of my ass. I'm just literally. All the grapes were bad. It's just making it. Uh, you know, Sam Cooke. He was an American singer and songwriter, considered to be a pioneer and one of the most influential soul artists of all time. Cooke is commonly referred to as the King of Soul. Cook was born in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and later relocated to Chicago with his family at a very young age. And he began singing as a child and joined the Soulsters uh, as lead singer in the 1950s. Cook's pioneering contributions to soul music contributed to the rise of Aretha Franklin, uh, Bobby Womack, Al Green, Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, and Billy Mm -hmm. Preston. Uh, and he, of course, also popularized the works of uh, Otis Redding, another one that we lost way too young, and James Otis. Brown. Yeah. JB. JB. Uh, Cook was also a central part of the civil rights movement, uh, using his influence and popularity with the white and bi- black population to fight the cause. He was good friends with Muhammad Ali, uh, activist Malcolm X, and football player Jim Brown, who together campaigned for racial equality. Cook was married twice. His first marriage was to singer-dancer Dolores Elizabeth Milligan Cook, who uh, took the stage name D.D. Mohawk. D.D. Mohawk. That's sick. Sick. That's awesome. Uh, They got married in 1953. They divorced in 1958. And later that year, Cook married his second wife, Barbara Campbell, in Chicago. Uh, His father performed the ceremony. Uh, They had three children, Linda, Tracy, and Vincent. Uh, Vincent uh, drowned in the family swimming pool at a very young age. Tragic. Oh, awful. Like, only like a year or two before Sam was killed. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 1964, Cook was shot and killed by the manager of a motel in Los Angeles. After an inquest and investigation, the courts ruled Cook's death uh, to be a justifiable homicide. His family has since questioned the circumstances of his death, and we will perhaps get into that a little bit later. Uh, and maybe of course, not. the the well, maybe just a touch, because uh, I know <laughs> CJ knows a lot. Uh, I have a thought. Uh, But we don't um, have to get into it. We don't have to get deep into it. Um, Of course, the stage play and movie One Night in Miami uh, was uh, partially based on his life. Which rules. And Leslie Odom Jr. played him in the movie. Yeah, Yeah. it absolutely rules. It's a great flick. Rules. Uh, Yeah. And so, you know, like you said a bit earlier, CJ, this album uh, was set to be a release. This was, you know, mm-hmm. it was a purposeful recording to, to be released. This was 1963. Uh, it actually was done on my birthday, August 16th. Kind of cool. 1963? Yeah. 1963. Yeah. You're 60. Yeah. Oh my God, in Miami. That would have been hot as 
fucking shit. Uh-huh. The Harlem, the Harlem Square is in Miami. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a That's club in cool. Miami in an African American neighborhood called Over Overton or Overtown. Word. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's uh, it did it, it, it doesn't come out until 1985. No, they yeah. shelved it, and they they shelved it. They said it, it was too pre- raucous. It was too raw. And well, too... and it, it's an interesting time because it's, you know, at this time, RCA, Radio Whatever of America, whatever. whatever Radio you know, Company creator, of America. Yeah. Company of America, yeah. Um, had been the Victor Talking Machine Company, which yeah. is the oldest, most original, like, radio company, right? So they're in the midst of that changeover. So they're called RCA Victor at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And they basically listen to it, and they're like, this is too, like you said, raucous. This is too gritty. This is too raw for our poppy image that we're trying to put out there. And that's kind of what they wanted to sell Sam Cooke as, right? They were like, well, he's the new, like, gospel pop. And and he came out with this, and they were like, oh, shit, this and is... And he didn't enjoy <laughs> success with white audiences, too. And right. that, that was the other, you know, big racial thing in, well, in this, is that it was it was too much for young white audiences and young white teenagers. Right. And that was something interesting Secular. that when I was doing a little bit of um, research on this, I was looking up videos. I was trying to, I was curious as like, please tell me that there's a video of at least one of these songs somewhere from this night. Mm-hmm. And there isn't. But of course there's him being on the, all the pop, the white pop sure. performance shows and seeing him, which is why I would have loved to see this because you can hear yeah. how raw and fun and crazy it is and then when you see him on all of these like primetime tv shows he's wearing a sweater vest and sitting on a stool and not getting you know like he has a smoothness when he's in front of uh the more mainstream audience oh yeah and by mainstream i guess i mean white right i i do mean that but i i what i more mean is like when he's on tv and stuff like that but when he's in a nightclub and he's doing it raw and he's doing it right and he has that Ray Charles esque kind of grit, that rock gospel thing yeah. going. I think that's my favorite Sam Cooke. That's what yeah. I really love. Um, I personally found Sam Cooke because my cousin, Mossy, used to come and stay with us during the summers. And she uh, was like, Hey, I got to play you this song. When we were like maybe 12, like I was pretty young, mm-hmm. and it was uh, Change Gonna Come. Mm-hmm. And I was Which like, was "Oh my god!" After he was killed, right? Yeah. It was yeah. released later, and then re-released, remastered, and re-released as a, an Obama um, campaign mm-hmm. song. Um, and so she showed that to me, and I was like, "This is this rules." Uh, and I would play it all the time, and it was one of those that would make it on every burnt CD that I made. Mm. Um, and then so I, but then I started listening to more of his stuff, and then more recently uh, uh, have have. Well, not more recently, but while listening to this, realizing like, oh, I know more of this stuff. Okay, cool. This this was something that like old um, band teachers would put on in the background when we were like doing something else for the day, right? Yeah. Like playing games or whatever. Uh, so oh, this man, was something I wish I my band teachers before. were that cool. <laughs> oh, I had I had a cool ass band teacher. They showed us some really cool stuff. I mean, I got really into big band jazz soul r&b because of my my band director mr Mm. munoz was his name mr munoz uh and he i mean he took us to see the charles mingus big band Uh, and it it it, 
I bought like six Charles Mingus albums after that, like vinyls, because I was yeah. just like, oh shit, I fell in love with Mingus. And Mingus obviously had passed, but it was the big band still tours. Right. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm still a fan. I wouldn't call myself like an aficionado. I don't know a ton about any of this genre or these genres, um, but I do know some of the personnel. Um, can I get into that a little bit? Yeah, do it. Sure, do it, do it. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's two people I want to talk about. I didn't know the other names. I, I could have done some research, but I was like, I, uh, there's, no, there's a few I, that jump out at me. Too. Yeah, the, yeah. The two that jump out to me right away is one of my top dudes. I've always wanted to play the saxophone. I can't play the saxophone. I've my brother played it play. for seven years. I'm a brass player. I'm a drum player. I cannot do the sax. Reed instruments and I aren't, uh, they just, my embouchure doesn't work that way. But King Curtis is lead sax on this. He is a legend. Uh, he's actually the one who plays the solo on Respect. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, okay, On the okay. Ariza song. Um, and he's also the one who does the uh, that fucking rocking sax part on Yakety Yak yeah. by the Coasters. Oh, that's so much fun. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> he rules. I love King Curtis. Always and have. And he just um, was one of those dudes that like shows up in all the session logs for... Oh, so many recordings. Like, just come on in here when they're just laying yeah. down tracks and stuff. There's like that. a big picture oh, of amazing. him because they had a uh, in Muscle Shoals. There's that recording studio that's really famous where like Aretha and Bob Dylan and a bunch of people have like recorded some of their most famous tracks. And I've been there because my family lives in Muscle Shoals. And I go and there's a picture with of him there because he was recording with somebody. So it rules. Uh, and then you have uh, Cornell Dupree mm -hmm, that's on the other guy, guitar. Yeah. Uh, he was Joe <laughs> Cocker's sideman yeah. through no almost shit. all of Joe Cocker's career. So he was, he's, he, I mean, He's a legend as well, but he well, plays the guitar for the Aretha Franklin Amazing Grace. Yeah. Um, and he does um, uh, like a, 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 a solid amount of like Dizzy Gillespie and like Bill Withers and like. <laughs> oh, some of those Bill Withers uh, yeah. recordings, those, those late 60s, early 70s, one, uh, 70s ones. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. it's like butter. Like this butter. reminded me. Um, Getting into this and studying this album and studying Sam Cooke a little bit more reminded me of when we when we covered people like Lorraine Hansberry, where it was like all of the cool as fuck amazing artists of that time were all just friends They're with just each other. Yeah, just they were just yeah. kicking it with each other. Yeah. They were all best buds. Yeah, it's crazy. It's true. I love it. I love it. It's like us, right? Yeah, someday. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Wait, wait until this new musical workshop comes out. We're going to make it. We're going to make <laughs> that after all. Uh, yeah. This was, this was, it was cool to see both of those names. That ruled. Uh, I knew, I, I like kind of knew some of the other names and I was like, I'm not even going to dig into that because they're probably all awesome and they're all huge legends, but go look up the personnel list because it's, it, yeah, it, it, it's he, awesome. He had a badass band. Um, one of the things that I think, uh, and you already mentioned it, Bailey, that this was shelved for 20, 22 years. And mm -hmm. that comes out in 85. Yeah. yeah. And, and, the fact that it was dis randomly discovered, like the dude just sort of found the this tapes. This dude just like, like listens to it like, one what, day. What are these? Like, what in the hell? Why didn't working like, for RCA? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and it, it is you know now considered a masterpiece. It's on Rolling Stone's top five hundred albums of all time. Well, uh, that's a question. What are like the top live albums? 
ever, right? Ooh. Like, this has got to be up there. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel in Central Park in 1984. <laughs> sure, that's sure. my other one. Hello, I mean, that's a big one. I don't know that that's, like, up the, That's That might be listed in the top 50, 20. Yeah. Um, I think the the most famous might be, in my head, the first two that come to mind for me are Folsom Prison, because that's just, like... Oh, Folsom sure. Prison. Huge. Uh, uh, Chuck Mangione at the Hollywood Bowl is huge. Um, Frampton um, Comes Alive. I hate to mention it, but it's ubiquitous. That? It's Peter Frampton. It's a Where? Li- it's a live recording. You know it. You, you've heard it a million oh, okay. times. Um, I mean, there's obviously James Brown Live at the Apollo is like is like the most sold album ever, and it's live. Uh, that's not true. It's not the most sold album ever, but it's huge. Almond yeah. Brothers have one that's really famous, but I can't ever think of the name of it. I always, when I was a kid, I used to listen to Live at Leeds. Oh, Live mm. at Leeds is amazing. the Who yeah. album that rules. I like the Magic Bus on that one a great deal. Um, um, there's, you know... B.B. Um, King has a famous one. Here, I'm looking them up. Kiss has a famous one. Grateful Dead. Um, oh, here we I, go. Um, Dispatch in 2001. Led Zeppelin's song <laughs> remains the same is pretty pretty extraordinary. Yeah, Madison yeah. Square Garden. Bob Dylan, uh, Royal Albert Hall concert in 98. Mm-hmm. Uh okay, here are your top ten of all time. Oh, we've are named most at, of these. Actually. Are you looking at Rolling Stone? I am. These are the top ten. James Brown Live at the Apollo is number one. Okay. Bailey loves ranking shit, so this is great. <laughs> uh, to the Almond Brothers Band at Fillmore East. Okay, didn't know that. Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. Perfect. Number three. Number four. Who Live at Leeds? Five. BB King Live at the Regal. Six. Hmm. Kiss Alive! Exclamation <laughs> point. Oh yeah, uh, seven. It's pretty great. The musical. It's pretty great. Yeah. Grateful Dead, li- uh, Live Dead, um, MC Five, Kick Out the Jams, nineteen sixty nine. Oh yeah, That's, let's it, turn it, these all into. Is, where is? I feel like there's got to be a Hendrix on here. Bob Dylan, Bootleg, Number Ten, Nirvana, MTV Unplugged. I used to watch oh, that on YouTube that all one. the time. Yeah, let's turn classic. these all into musicals, y'all. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Here we go. Eighty four. <laughs> talking heads yeah, there we go it's, there we go that might be my favorite of all time yeah Ooh, 1960 number 12 is muddy waters at newport 1960 that's at the newport sick. jazz festival yeah he blew that's everybody's cool. minds like he blew guess what number 14 mind. is sam cook live at the harlem square club Yay, oh, yeah. that's sam. great that's that that rules what are your what are some of y'all's uh favorite songs on this one? Oh man i it, what's your favorite track it's really hard. I think that for me, am I gonna make you rank the tracks? I can. I can rank like my I top can, four. I, I got my top three for sure. Is it too early to insert that stinger? No, no. I think we can do this in whatever fucking order we want. Bailey loves ranking shit. <laughs> um. All right. I do. Siege. I love ranking you love, shit. You love so ranking let's shit. let's hear it. CJ, rank these songs. Okay. I only did my top four. If that's okay. That's fine. okay. Four, Somebody Have Mercy. Yeah, that rules. Three, Chain Gang. Okay. Two, Bring It On Home to Me. Okay. And one, The Medley, It's All Right and For Sentimental Reasons. It's yeah. pretty great. And it's pretty great. bonus it's info hike. for me, my favorite in-between part is at the end of track seven, which is in between Somebody Have Mercy and Bring It On Home to Me. Is oh, is my favorite I... in the middle where he's yes. just working with the band and monologuing yes. oh and, uh, yeah yeah my favorite is after twist in the night away because uh, mm. he's just done the whole well i'll get to that in a second okay yeah uh scott do you have a top four i, I have a top three 
I can All do right. a four. No, I'll do okay. a four. Do Hold a four. on, I'll throw a four. Uh, Cupid, I, I think Cupid's just a beautiful uh, little song. Yeah, Cupid rules. When I used to, uh, I had a job in high school at an oldies radio station, and that was just one of my favorite, literally uh, using a 45, an actual record, and playing that. I, I remember that clearly. Um, Cupid is really the only break you get through in terms of, like, uh, um, energy like yeah. th that's the one that kind of it gives you the more slow it takes down. you down after yeah. that yeah. first number yeah. but then yeah. you kind of just climb the rest of the just like yeah, yeah let's yeah, go he uses the medley to climb back up yeah yeah um then um uh twisting the night away and then number one for me is bring it on home oh it's I a just, really good like i'm sweaty, sorry i love you song it's sweaty <laughs> it's sexy it's sad that's, it's funny that's the one where i wrote the note I feel like everyone, everyone who saw that show that night, who listened to that song, ha got pregnant that night. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. yeah. Yes. Everyone. Absolutely. All of them. Everybody got laid yes. in that space that night. For and sure. pregnant. And impregnated. And pregnant. Like, by the song. Is what I was saying. Like, it, it's just so sexy. It's not baby making music. It's not necessarily what I want to listen to while I'm making the it's baby. It's makeup sex. It's what I want to listen to before we go have makeup sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it rules. Uh, okay. Mine would be number four. Uh, number four is probably Cupid. I really love Cupid. Number three, Bring It On Home To Me. Number two, Somebody Have Mercy. Oh, so good. It's so which good. rules. Mm -hmm. I, that song's the best. And then, uh, but my favorite song, because I've listened to it the most out of all of these and actually re-listened to it right before we started recording, is Twistin' the Night Away. Mm -hmm. so and good. that's the one that I want to dance to at a club. That's the one I want to actually go to a party and put that on and dance with people and get out my handkerchief and shake it around and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. spin it. Because the whole end of that song is him being like, get out your handkerchiefs, get out your handkerchiefs, do it's it. A, it's a great hook, it's a great chorus. You just can't beat it. I'm with you, I'm with you And it's 100%. that kind of community that I wish I had more of in life in general, but it's, yeah. that, it's like everyone's probably got their shirts open, a little bit of a sweaty chest. Uh -huh. Everyone is, but it's packed. It's packed full. Everyone's got someone on their hand. Everyone's bouncing up and down and having the greatest time and inhibitions flying. And I don't feel like I have fully experienced that in L.A., if you want mm -hmm. the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I've really experienced that since, like, college with, like, events that were put on by organizations right like where it was like a it was sponsored to be that way right like right, i don't right. think i've had an organic night like that or been to a show like that ever in my life and it makes me crave it so much and when i hear that song is when i feel the most community they're also doing a lot of yaz with him yeah oh and yeah a lot of call and response in that song and i think it, it just brings you into what we're talking about which is that this is theater and this is a community building um, performance and I just I miss that a lot I don't know yeah, I'm, no, I I'm with you 
we okay so at old fools which was old it was on heliotrope (laughs) on heliotrope we moved from from there in 2016 which is it's a street in los angeles yeah when we would get done with the late night show on saturdays at like one or two in the morning and this was back before people started getting married and having kids and before they before we had a bar anywhere nearby we would stay there and drink cheap beer and wine and we would get high in the alleyway and then there would just be music on in the theater and those were those were the days where i would stay at the theater till six in the morning because we would dance you would our just asses dance off. Yeah. not quite the same as going to like a live performance where you sure. have this charismatic dude getting you into it well but yeah. those were the nights that it was like i gotta be at work at nine but in the that's morning the community but i don't want to leave yeah, yeah that's the community i'm really looking for but what it really but even more than that is it's like like what you said is it it it's not just the party of it all it's the like that a- added layer of also there's like a genius pouring his heart out in front of us with yeah. a band of legends you know like it's pretty i don't know it's pretty no, special I, it really is it's electrifying i also years ago production coordinated it it was it was a live performance but also a theatrical experience at the bootleg and the bootleg is something mm. completely different now but it was this faux art opening and the art medium was raw meat and ripped apart stuffed animals <laughs> but the bootleg had at that time had three venues and we opened up a venue at different points in the night and every time we opened up a new band would lead us into the new space and it was just we probably had 12 different bands or performers that night and then when it was closed and we asked everyone to leave at like two in the morning all of the people that had worked the show, like someone pretended to be Banksy all night. It was that kind of thing. Sick. Right. All of us were treated Sick. to our own personal performance down in the basement of the bootleg, and there was free food and free booze. And I think we were there till like four in the morning, but we had, it was this late, this gal who was an amazing singer and this guitarist that was standing behind her. And it was literally a room of like 15 people watching her but it was just, mm. it was one of those experiences where it was so sexy and it was so fun. And it was one of those experiences of like, we are the only people that are ever going to see this show ever. And then it'll be over. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, the, the I love shit like that. Live performance, you know, yeah. yeah, I've gotten to see a lot of fucking amazing concerts. I got to see Jane's addiction before they blew up in a club that maybe held legally held 75 people. And was just like, and it was just like, had 90, yeah, had 90. And (laughs) yeah, and where you were just like, and, and like, because at the time, there was nothing like Jane's addiction, like they came out of nowhere, they came out of punk and alternative and metal. And nobody had been exposed to what they were doing in a very distinct LA vibe too. Sure. And, um, uh, and it's the anniversary of that album recently just oh, came interesting. out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but just those experiences, uh, but the, this is just, it captures lightning in a bottle. They really did. And, um, and it's 38 minutes long. It's yeah, a really it's, short it's, it's, set. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a show. It's a night. Like, like you could, I mean, you could tell that this was that kind of set emerged from, you know, coming up the ladder where you had to do that four times in a night. Sure, where you had to do yeah, right. that set three or four times in a night, uh, you know, in, until late at night. And so the fact that he and and the band just compresses mm. all that energy into a single thing is is amazing. And all that all the the 
the soul stuff, the, the church, the gospel stuff that he filters through and brings through and I'll say a pop filter, but I don't mean that in any kind of sure. disparaging manner. It's, you know, it's soul and it was the emergence of a whole new sound. Uh, and, you know, all of those people that I mentioned earlier on, you know, that the James Browns and the Aretha's that took that ball and ran with it. It was just so sad that we lost him so early. Absolutely. Now, I we can talk about that for a second. I I don't think we should go too deep into it because no, I know no, that I there is a into... lot of there are parties on both sides who feel very strongly about this man, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the potential of what mm-hmm. he may or may not have done, right? So right. I don't know. I I know nothing. Uh, best part of it is that I don't know. But know fill us in well. a little bit, Siege. Like, what are the circumstances surrounding the mystery of his death? The official story from the police is that he he kidnapped a sex worker, tried to force himself on her. She ran away. He ran after her and basically, like, assaulted the lady that was the landlady at the hotel they were at. And she felt threatened and she shot him. Right. Mm. Um, now, I the only thing I want to say is... I today just watched Netflix did a doc in 2019 called the two killings of Sam cook right. 70 minutes long. Yeah, it's good. Um, and it, it gives, it brings perspective to that whole situation of what happened. Um, my personal feeling is earlier that night when he was partying with friends, he pulled out a huge wad of cash. The sex worker who said that she kidnapped him met up with him in the restaurant where he was flashing the cash from what it sound from the the other side that I've heard is yeah. is he ran after her because she grabbed his pants where the cash was and dropped them out the window. She uh, ran out of the room, he ran after her, and then he got shot. Mm. So I and and the the problem was was they were basically said, well, he's a monster. Case closed. But also the the. Right. They didn't look any deeper into it, and they refused to. And as a civil rights leader, especially with how popular he was and how accessible he was to white folks, the authorities wanted to make him look as bad as possible, and they didn't want to do any work. Right. Sure. It. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we don't because of that. We just don't have enough information, and it right, just sucks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. But watch that doc, y'all. Like I learned, yeah. it's it was fast. I watched it all in one sitting, and I learned a lot about him and his family, and like the people on there that are interviewing people that actually knew him, family members, people that worked with him, and it's pretty incredible who he was and who he hung out with and the work that he did. Oh my god. And it's god, a yeah. damn fucking shame that he died so young. So sad. So yeah. sad. Really sad. Um, but also still a legend and has, has put out some of, you know, some songs that have really endured. And this album obviously has really endured. And it's fun talking about it. Is there anything else we want to get into about this thing? No, I'll. I, 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 I want to go say, to Harlem Square Club. Let's, let's go to Miami, go. y'all. It will be opened in 2018. Yeah. Road trip. Uh, uh, you know, smoke yourself a bowl, pour yourself a whiskey, whatever your your thing is, and put this on and just I was dancing. I was up on my feet. Like yeah. just good. Really enjoyed it. Uh and you know, I, I like I said, I'd heard it before, but I, I kinda 
listen to it through the filter of, oh, we're going to talk about this as, as a theater piece. And it should be described as a theater piece. It's a, it's a legitimate performance on stage and, um, and, and an extraordinary one. Good pick. Good pick, yeah, Siege. Thanks. Thanks Good for, pick, Siege. Thanks for, uh, for doing it with me. I felt I'll like I was like sharing. I just felt like I was sharing something that I love so much, and I'm glad y'all were game to cover it, even though it's not exactly our exactly. purview. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's tr that's true. But I but this was great. No, because we you know we do a lot of movies and we do a lot of you know I'm making y'all do these uh, live NBC musicals. Oh, I have a blast with it's, those. No, they're fun. But this is a nice reprieve, and it, it, it's kind of also like proof positive of what this this whole podcast is about and it's not just about playwrights right it's about theater and like what that means and it's why we have two spellings of theater in our name is like it's like well it doesn't matter what you call it like theater is theater and it's everywhere mm -hmm. and this um i think that can kind of be the thesis statement of our podcast moving forward is like it's just about theater and like you know, I've, this is a production meeting thing, but I've kind of pitched to y'all like maybe season four is is a little less playwright heavy, just because I'm gonna have a child and it's gonna be a little harder to read plays and things like this. No. But I we we can discuss that. But I think there's something to that of it being like it doesn't matter what we talk about. <laughs> Whoa! It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we talk about as long as it is based in storytelling and because that's what theater really is. Is it's a it's a format of storytelling that can take many, many, many different forms. And that's why we love it. And Sam Cooke was a theater artist through and through. And speaking yeah, of which, we're, gonna, we're about to do it on a that really hard mm -hmm. right turn next week. So. Jesus. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. But it's all what, what? legitimate. Everything you said just ju justifies why we're doing exactly. next week's uh, subject. Exactly. So yeah. w let's let's get there because I think all we got to do is is the spitlets, right? Yeah. Yes. L.A. Spotlight. L.A. Spotlights. That's right. The spitlets. Uh, what? Let's. What do you got? You got anything, Siege, Scott? I don't have anything right now, actually. No, okay. no nothing right now. Uh, October twenty first and twenty second. If you're in Los Angeles, we will be doing a reading presentation of a brand new world premiere musical called A Midsummer Nightmare, a musical sequel to A Midsummer Night's Dream, written by Michael Shaw Fisher, who's been a guest on the show, and directed by yours truly, and starring the others here on the show. Starring. <laughs> CJ as Fairy 3 and Bailey <laughs> as Fairy 5. Hey man, every fairy is important. You know no, that's saying? true. No, we're um, playing. We're I'm playing. I'm the wall. You're playing stuff. the wall. Yeah, yeah. you're snout. That'll be fun. I'm Oberon. Yes. And flute. Yeah, Francis flute. It's very fun. I've already gone through some of it, and it's it's very exciting. We're gonna we're gonna have a blast. I, it's my first time working with with Michael Shaw Fisher, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Ali Fisher. Mr. Allie Miller. Mr. Allie Miller. <laughs> Mr. <That's>... Allie Miller. <laughs> She's the better of the two. Did I say Fisher? Mr. Allie Miller is what I meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have been funnier if I nailed it. That's fine. We love you, Fisher, but we love Allie just a little bit more. Only Aww. a scooch. Only just a, a scooch. scooch. Just a scooch. Yeah. Thanks all for. Oh, yeah. Sanctuary City at the Pasadena Playhouse. Come check it out. It's 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 uh, the set alone is really fantastic. I really want to um, see it. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it. I was, did I send you all the tickets? You did. Yeah. I just I'll send you 
anymore. Um, okay, thanks all for joining us for Theater Theater and Stuff. CJ's pick, Sam Cook. One Night Stand, live at the Harlem Square Club. Uh, join us again next week as we begin our mini-series on, as Scott uh, pointed out, a hard turn hard. Uh, into Bertolt Brecht. Yeah, we're but going But still a deep. political, a very political man. True, oh, true. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> we're getting Brechtian. We're going to turn to you and say everything directly to you as an audience. You won't be able to tell because it's an audio <laughs> format. <laughs> But we're going to do it. <laughs> That's not the only thing Greg does. But we'll be covering his evolution through three of his works, which have not been decided upon yet. But we do know we're going to be reading The Mother and probably Three Penny Opera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His Kurt Weil musical. With Travis. And Travis, uh, our good friend who you, we've actually had on uh, a... Um, Artist Spotlight. Artist Spotlight before. His name is Travis Gatz. Is he yep. still going by that? I don't. Yes. Yeah, he is coming on the uh, the entire mini series with us because he is sort of a Brecht aficionado. He knows more about Brecht and has read more Brecht than I believe all three of us. He has a published Brecht adaptation. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Uh, which we saw. Is that the yes. one we saw? Yeah. Saw, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll be able to talk about that and a bunch of other things. He has some great context and also just a, a friend of the pod who listens and writes in all the time. We, 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 love, we love him deeply. We love you, Trav. We love you, Trav. Um, is that all? Yeah, let's close it out. Yeah, questions. Oh, comments? and then after that is is the Wiz Live. Wiz Live. <laughs> Wiz Live. <laughs> and then another hard right. Yeah, yeah. Another. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. like to keep it lively. <laughs> questions, comments, tell us your favorite Sam Cooke song. We'd love to know. Uh, you could reach out to us via email, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Scott? Thank you, yeah. CJ. A big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson, who uh, writes our theme song, which you are about to hear. Uh, our theme song <laughs> is better than your theme song. It's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he's also a hell of a human being, and he writes all of our badass stingers. So yeah. suck it. Uh, also, a big shout out to Pam Quinn, who wrote our special In Stuff theme song, which you heard at the beginning of this episode. Bonus she episode. Bonus episode. Uh, she's a frequent contributor and a lovely human being. And finally, to the great Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Annie Baker, who writes every single one of our episodes. Scott, huh? Look at CJ right now. You guys. What? I'm trying to find a list of Brecht's plays, and I can't find a straightforward list. Go to Wikipedia and look under works. I did, and it's not straightforward. Oh. Anyway, what were you saying, Scott? Okay. <laughs> Uh, um, it's curved backward. Single, uh, she writes every single one of our, our of our episodes, and she doesn't even know it. One day, Annie Baker, we're gonna buy you a beer. Paps Blue Ribbon. Paps Blue Ribbon. I'm not too good for Paps. Nah, I'm not a big Paps fan. But what? I like Paps. I don't like Natty Light. I'd rather I like do Bud Light than those. No, you're crazy. Uh, I do MGD before any of those, but I'm not a big. I'm not a big beesh beesh, as Pap Leggett would say. Thanks for the shout out to Pap Randall Leggett. Wow. Uh, follow us on all the things <laughs> and uh, subscribe rate review. It really does help. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. Think of me. <laughs> Think of me fondly when we've said goodbye. <laughs> I started too high. You got it. Yeah, you started to. <laughs> oh, we're going to the end of this Take first hour. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> okay, we're not going to do it. Uh, bye. Later, everybody. Later, everybody. The theater, the theater.